EOS is forking, and not just once. Good evening. I'm Bailey Reitzel, and this is Late Confirmation from Coindesk, bringing you the top stories from August 10th, 2018. Bitcoin's Lightning Network might just be better than any of the online payment systems that exist. And just today, David Marcus, Facebook's blockchain research lead, has resigned from his position on Coinbase's board of directors. We'll be finishing up the podcast today by speaking with Coindesk reporter David Floyd about the many EOS users that are tired of its mishaps and ready to jump ship. But first, a word from our sponsor, Saeed Business School at the University of Oxford. You can now study blockchain entirely online with Oxford University's Saeed Business School. Find out more about the six-week online program that gives you a fundamental understanding of blockchain and its implications and effects on your business strategy by visiting OxfordExecBlockchain.com. Fed up and forking, rival EOS blockchains are becoming a reality. Problems with EOS governance has become too much for some community members. After a series of controversies surrounding blocked accounts and large investors, also known as whales, who some think have too much sway over the protocol, some developers have decided to fork the code. A handful of projects are building new networks on EOSIO, the open source protocol behind EOS. For instance, there's EOS Force, which proposes adding sidechains to the code to incorporate features of Ethereum, Zcash, and Cardano. And another one is Ono. O-N-O, and it's a social network that was going to launch on EOS, but decided to fork it instead. The one that seems to have the most momentum, though, is Telos, a project developed by some of the same coders that built EOS itself. The project aims to get rid of the whale issue by capping the number of tokens any one address can receive during the initial distribution. Plus, it also hopes to correct the opaque governance processes of EOS currently by making sure all decisions happen on the blockchain. As those forks launch, we'll be updating you all on Coindesk.com, so please stay tuned. Micropayment applications are taking off on Bitcoin's Lightning Network. Bitcoin developers are using the fledgling Lightning Network for fast, small-scale payments, taking advantage of the network's low fees. Albeit mostly fun and silly, these applications display how the Lightning Network could allow Bitcoin to leapfrog traditional online payment systems. For example, a novelty Twitter account called Satoshi Tweets allows users to pay a small fee to tweet from a shared handle, and another application built during a recent hackathon allows users to send a Lightning payment to dispense M&Ms from a candy machine. However, there's still hurdles to adoption, namely that it takes a significant amount of time and technical know-how to spin up a Lightning node. Yet, developers remain optimistic, believing that the Lightning Network will allow Bitcoin to fulfill its early promise of being a faster, cheaper payment rail for the internet. And finally, David Marcus is stepping down from the Coinbase Board of Directors. Marcus, known for his early work on PayPal, has been the vice president at Facebook since 2014. And this past December, he joined the board at the popular cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase. At the time, Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong said that Marcus would apply his expertise in the payments and mobile space to his work with Coinbase. Marcus retained his position at Facebook, where he later became the social media giant's blockchain research lead. 
In a statement provided to Coindesk on Friday, Marcus said he resigned from Coinbase because of a new group he's setting up within Facebook that revolves around blockchain. And a Coinbase spokesperson told Coindesk that Marcus wanted to avoid the appearance of a conflict of interest, adding that there are no efforts to fill Marcus's board seat at the moment. According to Armstrong, Marcus remains a close friend of the company. We'll be following that story closely as it develops, because much like you, we're very interested in what blockchain project Facebook is building. The most important conference in crypto comes to Asia this fall. Coindesk Consensus Conference lands in Singapore on September 19th and 20th. Join more than 75 speakers and 50 sponsors for two days of powerful insights, industry announcements, and cross-industry networking opportunities. It's all happening in Singapore September 19th and 20th. Register today at coindesk.com slash events. And now we've got Coindesk reporter David Floyd here to speak about the upcoming forks of what was one of the most highly anticipated ICO projects of all time, EOS. So David, let's start with why so many projects are thinking of forking the EOS code. Sure thing. So um, EOS has had a lot of issues, uh, starting with before it launched, actually, uh, which our colleague Brady Dale um, covered a lot of the difficulties they had around launch. Um, Afterwards, there were a few controversies kind of happening in tandem. Uh, You had this thing with the arbitrator, uh, something called the EOS Core Arbitration Forum, um, sort of popped uh, out of nowhere uh, as a lot of EOS uh, you know, participants saw it. They weren't really particularly aware that this body existed and it came along and um, at some point started to order accounts to be frozen. Uh, and uh, then slightly after that, there was an incident where uh, someone pretending to be this uh, this arbitration body actually issued a fake order saying that um, you know tokens needed to be transferred from <laughs> accounts forcibly. So that's one. Uh, something that I didn't really mention in the article actually is the fact that RAM prices. This is a resource, a sort of memory resource that you need to launch a decentralized application on EOS or onboard users onto it. Uh, That's been getting really expensive as a result of speculation, is my understanding. Uh, Let's see, there there is more. Um, So uh, block producers who sort of function similarly to miners in Bitcoin, um, they are elected, and some of them have apparently been getting... uh, you know, pushed into these top slots um, by just one or two really token-rich addresses and without broad community support. And occasionally these are um, considered, I guess you would say, bad actors. They're not following the rules, uh, you know, maybe not maliciously. But, yeah, so there there have been a few, a few different things. And um, each of these forks has its own rationale behind forking. But I guess a lot of them have um, (laughs) wanted to give it a fresh start. Yeah, absolutely. So you had mentioned in the article, the one that seems to have the most momentum right now is Telos. um, And they are specifically changing a couple things um, within their code. But one is to um, 
aims to sort of get rid of this idea of whales, which is what you're talking about, the rich token holders. Um, so the people who have a lot and can sort of sway the market, maybe outside of broader community sentiment. So tell us how Telos is planning on doing that. Well, basically, they're going to, and, and I should say, I should clarify when I say fork, that can mean a few different things. In this case, it's almost like you might call it a clone. They're taking the, the code behind EOS. Uh, it's this protocol that's it's called EOSIO is the name for the protocol. And so they're going to take that, make a couple of tweaks to that. And also what we're talking about right now uh, is make a couple of tweaks to um, what's called the snapshot. So uh, and, and relaunch, <laughs> relaunch uh, the network. But so the difference with the snapshot will be that everyone will get all of the same tokens distributed to them, new tokens called Telos tokens, mm-hmm. um, as the people who you know initially got EOS tokens in the EOS launch, uh, with with a couple of exceptions. Anybody who had more than forty thousand EOS tokens will only get forty thousand Telos tokens. So they're basically capping it. They're lopping all those extra holdings off. So these addresses that have millions and millions of EOS tokens will not. Um, be that heavily weighted in Telos. Uh, with an exception, I should say, or a few exceptions, um, because the Telos Foundation will actually get 6 million tokens and the uh, a group of Telos founders will be splitting 6 million tokens among them, although I understand now, um, I've actually since heard that there are some discussions around how exactly that's going to work, so that might not be as set in stone as uh, potentially we thought. Yeah, because I'm sure some users of EOS or just cryptocurrency enthusiasts in general are looking at that going, oh, that seems like an odd um, exclusion to the capping of 40,000, primarily because we have seen in the industry, you know, uh, entrepreneurs that start blockchain projects sort of keep a lot of tokens and then maybe run off with them. Um, So did they have anything to sort of say about that? They did. So I spoke to Douglas Hearn, who um, is the author of the Telos White Paper, and he basically said that a lot of people are devoting a great deal of time and of their own money to um, getting this network off the ground. And so that's, um, that's what he said about that. Yeah, so that's why they're, they're getting paid more. Basically. Okay. Um, Yeah, and then also he had mentioned that even though forks are sometimes seen as contentious within the community, because you can split a community into two, um, those Telos developers sort of believe that this is a natural extension of decentralization and that, you know, this competition will be healthy for the industry. Um, What's sort of the idea behind that? Uh, Sure thing. Well, so (laughs) there are critics of Telos, certainly. Um, I saw, you know, one Reddit post calling them communists. So <laughs> that's, um, there you go. Uh, no offense to any communists. Uh, but actually, broadly, the thing about EOSIO is really from the beginning, it was sort of assumed that there would be multiple chains. Now, there, I mean, there's been a debate about this, but I think that almost some people were initially surprised that there was so much sort of consolidation around one implementation of this, which is, you know, what we're calling EOS. Um, but so, yeah, the the community in general, from what I've seen, is 
pretty broadly accepting of the idea that there will be competition and that ultimately that might benefit the the mainnet, you know, the original EOS implementation uh, as people try out different things and experiment and maybe they can incorporate some of those changes into into their own protocol or their own implementation of the protocol. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, it's also, it's worth noting that, you know, when we're talking about splitting up a community, a lot of these sort of, you know, people and teams who are working on making Telos happen are still um, working on EOS. Uh, a lot of them are block producer candidates on EOS. I'm not aware of any that are actually, uh, you know, those top 21 block producers that really kind of make the network go. But, uh, you know, uh, a lot of them, uh, I think, you know, somebody commented that, you know, our enthusiasm for Telos isn't taking away from our enthusiasm for EOS. So. Cool. All right. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show. Um, obviously, we're going to keep you looking at EOS for some time. So all our listeners, uh, stay tuned on Coindesk.com for more there. Late Confirmation is brought to you by the Said Business School at Oxford University. Master Blockchain Strategy Online with the six-week Oxford Blockchain Strategy Program. The program gives you a foundational understanding of the core concepts of blockchain. You'll gain insights into how it will affect the future of your industry or organization, drawing on expert opinions and multiple blockchain use cases, allowing you to develop a strategic roadmap to incorporate blockchain into your business. Find out more at OxfordExecBlockchain.com. For more on today's stories and to subscribe to our newsletter, check out Coindesk.com. Plus, you can follow us on Twitter at Coindesk. And if you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. For Coindesk, I'm Bailey Reitzel, and this has been Late Confirmation. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.